I'm going to read out of the book of Psalms, chapter 1. You're welcome to turn there. I'll find it first, and then we'll read it together. I'm, going to, I'm in Revelation. I'm going to take a left. Let's see if I can find it. Psalms, chapter 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight will be in the law of the Lord. And in that law he'll meditate on day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf will also not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. But the ungodly are not so, but they're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the ways of the ungodly shall perish. I want to talk to you this morning about don't go there. Don't go there. Turn to your neighbor on the left and say, don't go there. Now turn to the one on the right and say, you won't. The one on the left, shady. The one on the right's holy. Okay? I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Let's, I think I was prophetic. Is that a prof- was that, a, was that a prophetic utterance? I don't know. Let's pray. Father, thank you today. Lord, we can laugh. The house of God should be a place of joy, a place of peace, a place where lives are healed, a place of absolute encouragement, a place where marriages are mended and where sick bodies get mended back to life. Lord, thank you. This is your house. And Lord, we're honored today to be in it. And Lord, help us today realize that we're not to go there. In Jesus' name and all God's men and women said... Amen. You can be seated this morning. Thank you again so much for being here. Let me give you a couple more announcements that Jennifer talked about, but I want to encourage you. All week there's something for you here at the church or the Lord Jim City Center, Oasis Cares. Uh, You know, there's something for everybody all week. Tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., we have God Talk, morning prayer, 7 to 8 a.m. Tuesday, men, we really want to see you out. Bible study, men, Tuesday night, 6.30 in the cafe where we just connect with one another. It's a great time to be together with men. Wednesday night, women, 6.30, a Bible study. It's a great time for women. And Thursday, with Kai and Jessica leading that uh, youth right here Thursday night, it's a great thing for them, and we're honored that they've taken on the helm and doing what they're doing. So something for you every night. Friday, you can come to the city center. Saturday, Friday, we do Oasis Care. Saturday, the city center's open. And Sunday, back in the house of the Lord. So every day, all day, er day, you're something for you to do. So I think that's really important if you want to. Or you could just come to church and get lifted up, filled up, fired up, and leave and be blessed by it. But I want you to know something today, and I think this is very important. I don't believe what we add to our life is the greatest importance. I believe what we're willing to walk away from sometimes is of the greatest, of the greatest importance. Think about Psalms chapter 1. Thank you, Pat. Psalms chapter 1 starts off with blessed. I want you to realize right off the bat that God wants you and I blessed. He starts the Psalms off, and David is the great-great-grandfather of Jesus Christ, and he starts the blessing of Psalms off with this wonderful panorama of what you can experience, the blessing of God. He says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of the scornful or the way of the sinner. But he talked about you being a tree. He's literally saying to be congratulated is the man or a woman who chooses to walk in the path that I've set before them. How many of you know in life it's about decisions? I believe it's not what we add to, it's what we walk away from, because what we walk away from will determine what God can take us to. 
I'll say this over here. You guys look a little friendlier. What we can walk away from will determine what God can bring us to. What we walk away from sometimes can be, see, you guys are friendlier. What we walk away from can really take us to our divine destiny. And I think he starts it off by saying, blessed is the man or woman. Congratulated they are to be who walks in this path of righteousness for my name's sake. He says, I'm going to plant you by, like, a, like a tree. That means the roots go in down deep in water I'll put that tree beside your leaf will not wither and whatever you do shall prosper and then he talked about a place we shouldn't go he talked about the ungodly and they said they're not to go there in other words those that plant themselves by the tree they're not to go into this place he says choose not to walk with the ungodly choose not to stand with the sinner choose not to sit in the seat of the scornful notice that that progression is downward that's not hope-filled. That's a downer. That's a Debbie downer. Sorry, Debbie, if you're here this morning, but that's a Debbie downer. Debbie's up. Our Debbie, she's real up. She's inspiring. She's not this Debbie. But this downward, it goes from bad to worse. Notice that if they start walking with them, then they stand with them, and then they ended up sitting down with the seat the Scriptures call scornful. But we have to identify something before we start just tagging everything in every situation. we got to find out what certain things mean. Because we live in a society where right is wrong and wrong is right, a society where everything today is turned upside down. I never thought I'd live in a day in such chaotic moments where we hear these things and see these things and we're thinking to ourselves, how can this be the day in which we live? Well, the Bible talked about this day, that in these last days there would be all types of crazy stuff happening, but God gives us a wonderful divine encounter to tell us to plant ourselves. He says, plant yourselves like a tree. Don't do this. Don't be ungodly. But before we say, well, you're ungodly, and you're ungodly, and you're certainly ungodly, who are the ungodly? Ungodly people are simply this, who put God out of their life. That's the definition scripturally of ungodly. I know you may have a different definition of what ungodly is, but God's definition of ungodliness is putting God out of their life. It's leaving God out. You can be a good person and be ungodly according to the scripture. You can sing songs, you can give gifts, you can do all these wonderful attributes, but not put God in a priority place. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and all of these other things be added unto you. Many times we compartmentalize that scripture and say, well, yeah, God first, then family, then work, then my hobby, this, this, and this. I don't believe it's that elementary. I believe there's a deeper revelation there. I believe that the seeking God first is out of the belly. Jesus said, will flow rivers of living water. Colossians 3 verse 3 says, in you that anointing of Christ is the very essence of God, that your life, my life is hidden down deep in this anointing. That's putting God first. It's the panorama of all the other blessings because when you put it in this way, certain things fall because time takes this time and this situ- the situation takes this thing. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves out of step. But if in him you live and move and have your being inside of him, you're doing everything, then you're putting God first. You're not being ungodly. You're leaning on the everlasting arm of God and trusting him. That's important to know. But it's done by faith. You have to realize that. And it's really done by trust. I read an article about an impala 
in Africa. And Impala has an amazing ability to jump. As a matter of fact, an Impala can jump 10 feet high and an Impala can jump 30 feet long. But an Impala will be held in any zoo with a three-foot-high wall. And the reason they're held by only a three-foot-high wall in any zoo because an Impala will not jump unless they know where their feet are going to land. And that's like some believers today. Some of you won't take that step of faith and trust God because you're not sure where you're going to land. You're not sure because you haven't put God in a priority. You haven't let your life live out of this and you've done this. And God says, no, in me, in this anointing, you can live and move and have everything that I've designed you to have. You see, there's a difference between prioritizing and living out of. Prioritizing can get left this, this, and this. But out of, that means this is who you are. And that's what God wants for his people. This is who you are. You're not to be ungodly. You're to ask God, who am I to do that? You're to ask God. Do you want me to be friends with that person? You're to ask God, is this is where you want me to go? Out of him is where I live and move and have my being. But that's the issue of trust. You know, we have in God, we trust on our money. We have in God, we trust on our lips. But do we really trust God? And the answer is no. God has not asked one thing since the beginning of time, and that was that we trust him. God doesn't ask us to explain him because we don't have the mental capacity to explain him. God doesn't ask us to understand him because if we don't have the mental capacity to explain him, we certainly don't have the cerebral cortex to understand him. God does not ask us to defend him because our arms are not long enough to box against the enemies of God. Man's whole duty is summed up in Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. It says trust God. That means take the leap, my little impalas. Take the leap. You can be an old school Impala too. Just take the leap and take it by faith. You may not know where your feet will land, but trust in the Lord. He will never fail. Trust him, trust him, trust him to make a way where there seems to be no way. Trust him to heal your sick body. Trust him to bring back that broken marriage. Trust him to bring that wayward son or daughter home again. Trust him to bring forth financial provision. Oh, I'm preaching a lot better than you're clapping, but you need to learn to trust God. Be godly and not an ungodly person. You say, well, Joey, that sounds a little bit different than what I'm used to by calling somebody ungodly. You see, ungodliness is simply leaving God out of the equation. You know, Jesus talked about humanity being in two different groups. He talked about the wise builder and a foolish builder. He, as a matter of fact, he talked about godly and ungodly. He said in the book of James, that's the New Testament, a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Jesus said, you are a wheat or you're a tear. You see, the, you see the distinctions? There's no middle ground. He talked about walking in this beautiful light of the gospel or walking in darkness. Many people, they're saved, but they're not free because they live their life ungodly and they live in darkness. So how does God see ungodly? David shows us in the scripture. He said they're like chaff, shucks, they're dry, they need help. But on the other hand, he says the godly are like a tree that's always green. That means it's an evergreen tree. That tree is something that God makes. NASA can't make that. Man can't make that. Society can't make that. Only God can make that tree. He says you are that evergreen tree that I have made, planted by a river of living water. That means it's planted, it has an assignment. 
If it's planted, it has a divine assignment. See, it's identity first, then your assignment second. Many people think, well, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to do this. And then you find yourself like a wayward child out in the far country, lost and without God, lost as a goat in a hailstorm, because you have to realize your identity is Christ. You're living in him you move, in him you breathe, in him is the fullness of God. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? In him. That's issue It's identity first, then your destiny assignment second. Know who you are in Christ, then your destiny will flow out of your identity. It's important to know by streams of living water, yes, Joey, that means there's an endless supply of something that will bless you and continually bless you. I love that. Whose fruit will not wither, whose fruit shall always come in its season. That means there's a time and a place for you to produce fruit. Many people right now, even at the sound of my voice and watching by the way of the internet, are saying, Joey, I'm not producing any fruit. I'm tired and I'm dry. Maybe you've been pruned, but I I got to tell you, you're pruned if you do and you're pruned if you don't. God will bring the pruning shears out one way or another. And it's because he wants to produce in you fruit, lasting fruit, fruit that remains and fruit that will bear in its season. It may not be your season, but can I tell you, friend, your season is changing. I see on the horizon. I feel it in the morning. My old knees begin to act up because I know this climate has changed. The season has changed. Fall is coming. I think Prophetically, there's a season beginning to shift right here in the house of God. God's beginning to bring blessings to you, overwhelming anointing to you, healing to you, prosperity to you. All you need to do is plant yourself and let God bring forth the abundance. I wish somebody just start running around the church and just get all uh, get that Presbyterian nonsense all out of you. Get all that religion just out of you. Somebody just needs to get rid of that old stinking thinking and realize this is life. This is hope. This is the word of the living God. This is not some religious old stuffy old ceremony that's been realized and and rehearsed over and over. This is life with anybody who would take on it. This is meat for men and milk for children. This is the pillow which the saints of God rest their head throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. The power of this message, it's stronger than your drug addiction. It's stronger than your pornography addiction, the power of this message of bring that prodigal son daughter back home again, the power of this message of bring you forth a harvest pressed down, shaken together and running over I'm just saying some of you just say, oh my God, he's ate his Wheaties yeah God wants to bless you, but you have to realize you make that decision to be godly and you make the decision to be ungodly That decision is up to you to make. You see, you can make that decision each and every day to live a godly life or to live an ungodly life. God's saying if you choose the godly way, I'll plant you by a tree. I'll plant you by water. I'll give a blessing to you. Walk with the ungodly. Start sitting with them, taking stands with them, and this is what will happen to you. You'll be like chaff. Yeah, I'm talking about chaff. You'll be like that, and you will literally, some of you are not old enough to know that old song, but you will be literally driven away by the winds. But when you walk in the counsel of the righteous, you know, the word righteousness means as it ought to be by God's standards. See, many times we have our own standards. Joey, I have this standard, and I have this standard, but see, God has a standard. 
And when you live your life by that standard, you can't do it in yourself, but with that anointing that's on the inside of you, you can do all things that are possible through him that loves you. When you start walking like that, the happy person walks not, stands not, and sits not with the ungodly. And we are known by the company that we keep. The Bible says bad company will corrupt good character. That means that's what's inside of you can be corrupted by negative words. Words by others, words by your own mouth. That which is in you is anointed and awesome, but that which is in you can be corrupted by the company that you keep. And that's the story of many people, isn't it? They start off with a a fire for the Lord. I mean, they start off with zeal and intensity, and then they just start existing in religious smoke. And they started off with a song in their heart, a a smile on their face, and now their song has turned into a sob. Their smile has turned into a smirk. They're no longer laughing at the things. They're laughing at things. And I want you to know what happened. What happened is you started walking, you started standing, and you started sitting with those things that were not for you, that were really against you. What happened? The happened is you made a choice. But can I tell you the good news? Today you make a choice. You choose you this day whom you serve. You choose this day to make a decision, to say, oh, no, I'm not going to be negative about myself, about others. I'm not going to let that old negative Nelly. See, I'm not giving some of you permission to get divorced. Some of you think, oh, Joey, he's giving me permission to get rid of that old goat. No. You have to think to yourself, if this thing is not edifying, lovely, honorable, praiseworthy, I'm not to think upon those things. And that's important to know because there's a high price to pay for low living. There's a high price to pay for low living. I can tell you the surest way to happiness is right here in the church. You know, you see, you never see people getting all drunk and ramming their cars in the telephone pole at 3 a.m. because they've been to the church. No, they go to the club and that happens. But that doesn't happen up in the church. You never see anyone catch diseases in church. You only see people getting the healing of the Lord in church. You see, you don't see those type of things. I've never been, and I've been in church for many years now, and I've never seen somebody get addicted to drugs or alcohol or any other vile thing in church, but I have seen them get free. I have seen them be delivered. I have seen them plant themselves by rivers of living water and their life forever change and get on fire for the kingdom of God and their identity explode. See, I know there's a difference. And some of you have been playing religious games, and you don't know the difference. But I'm telling you, the difference is as sure as I'm standing here. There is a choice to be made, and we make the choice today to choose this day of the God that we serve. Do you want to be happy? Then plant yourself. Don't be like, a, like a, those that just kind of get driven by everything that comes their way. You see, it's a choice David said about the ungodly, they're unhappy because they made the wrong choice. Hmm. They're unhappy because they make the wrong choice. The second thing we're not to do, remember, we're not going there. So I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about people that you may know. So we're not going to be ungodly. There's no ungodly people in this room, right? Two of you. The rest of you will deliver you by the end of the service. But the second thing not to do is not to stand in the way of the sinners. They start walking, listening. Now they're starting to take in the information. So before we identify the sinner, what does God say that is sin? Because this society has given new names to old sin, and many people have this idea of what sin is and what sin is not. 
I went to a church years ago, and I'd minister there, and I'd go to the church, and they meant well. They did good. But, you know, I have pet peeves. I have certain things that just get my goat. Some of you have been around a while. You know. Sometimes I'll get on a soapbox, and I just get higher and higher. And there are things that I just get my, just if I had hair, I'd pull it. But one of the things that it gets my goat is when people try to categorize God's people. In other words, I would go to churches and they would, you know, try to categorize people. And I don't like that. I mean, I never like that. That's why the church is set up this way. We, we don't do that. There's no haves and no have-nots here. We're saving souls and not skins, and there's a world of difference. And in that, I think, is important to not alienate people for what their certain situations are. And so this church that I went to, this was years ago, the pastor meant well, he had a good heart, but he said, Joey, we're reaching all types of people from the streets, and so, you know, we want them to come. And I said, oh, that's great, pastor. He says, yeah, we've, we've got a designated section over here for them, and this is their smoking section, and this is the non-smoking section, so we've designated for them because we want them there. And I thought, what a tragedy. What a tragedy. It's like the guy that asked me, Joey, can I go to heaven chewing tobacco? And I said, of course you can, but you'll have to go to hell to spit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing at my own jokes. But I don't like that. That's my pet peeve. I don't think there's, I don't think there's haves and have-nots. I don't think there's sinners and non-sinners. And so I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what's your definition of sin? And he takes me to the word. And he says, he that knows to do right and does it not, to him it is sin. Think about that statement. He that knows to do right and does it not, to him, had his, that's sin. How many of you have ever done something you shouldn't have done? Let me see your hand. Oh, we got a room full of sinners. Oh, my gosh, there's a room full of hypocrites and sinners. My goodness, he that knows to do right, and he doesn't do it. You know, in the Old Testament, Abraham, the Bible says he lied. He lied, and he told his wife to get in the tent in the Galileans in the other land when they came up, said, don't tell them we're married. Tell them you're my sister. But how many of you know, if you really go down deep in that theology, Abraham didn't know any better because the law was not given yet. He couldn't lie because there was no barometer. There was, no, there was nothing to tell him that there was a lie taking place there because the word was not given yet to Abraham. So what I'm telling you is this. Sometimes we look at people, oh, you're a sinner. You're doing this, and you're a sinner. You don't know if they've received the truth yet. He that knoweth to do right and doeth it not to him in his sin. Now let's go a little deeper with this thought this morning. The scriptures say, adding insult to injury because that messed me up as I got on my soapbox, but this even more messed me up. And he says, Joey, that which is not faith is sin, which tells me if I don't take those leaps and not know where my feet were going to land, then I, as a believer, have the danger of living in sin. That which is not faith is sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Sin is what drove Jesus Christ to the cross. The crimson stream of blood flows from Mount Calvary and all that plunge beneath it are made clean and are made pure. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's why sin in the word of God is missing the will of God for a believer's life. It's a drop the mic moment. Sin in the word of God 
is the believer missing the will of God for their life? Listen to what I'm telling you today because some of you have got a revelation that you've never heard before. Sin in the word of God is missing the will of God for your life. He that knows to do right, they don't do it. That which is not living in faith is sin. The wages of sin is death. Remember when Adam ate that forbidden fruit? God said, this day right now you're going to surely die. Did Adam die? Did Eve bury him? No. But at that moment, he spiritually died. They didn't have to bury him that day, but he was a dead man walking. The Bible says, he that believeth have life, and he that believeth not is dead already. That's why those of us that are here that know this amazing truth, you have a decision to make, a decision to plant yourself by a river and to be an evergreen tree to produce fruit, lasting fruit, more fruit, fruit that remains, or to be like chaff. And yeah, I'm just talking about chaff, to be like chaff and to literally be driven and blown by every wind of crazy thing that comes our way. Walk with the Lord is more than a Sunday experience. I want you to know that. This is starting the conversation, but there's a journey for you to take. That's why David said, blessed is the man. To be congratulated is the woman who chooses happiness and stays away from those things. Now let's arrive to what I call the bottom of the barrel. Remember, we're not to go there. We're, we're being told what we walk away from will determine what God brings us to. So we're not going there. This is the bottom of the barrel. This is where we're not to go. It says, after we've walked, while we walk, now we stand. We get tired because the flesh is always tired. We sit. And it uses an interesting term that David uses, scornful. Scornful. As I ask the Lord, God, who's ungodly? Who's not ungodly? Who's a sinner? Who's not a sinner? I know the people in church have their idea of who sinners are and who they're not, but what's your definition? I told you. What's the definition of scornful? And I had to look it up. And here's what scornful means. Those who ridicule faith in God. You see the progression? There was a man that I knew who used to be a part of a church and the man was singing in the church. He was giving in the church. He was helping in the church. He had a gift of prophecy in the church, a gift to sing in the church. And what happened to him? This man who was gifted, this man who was a help, this man who, who was doing the things of God found himself making ungodly decisions. Those ungodly decisions caused him to cause him to do things he shouldn't have done, and he knew better, and he refused to get right. And as a result, he turned into a full-blown atheist, now today ridiculing God ridiculing the kingdom of God, ridiculing the churches, ridiculing people who serve God. It's how it happens. It's people who cause discord. They start ridiculing God. You go to that church? You, you go to Oasis Church? I go to Yuck Yuck's church and there, you got to come over to our, you, got, you give your money to God? You crazy. Don't you know the church wants their money? Don't you know? Don't, you, you, you pray? You, you, I, you, you do that, you have to be careful who you listen to because what will happen is you start sitting in the seat of the scornful and they start ridiculing the very thing God wants to free you. They start ridiculing the very thing God wants to help you with. You, you, you still believe in marriage? You still believe in that? And you have to be careful that the enemy will come in and cause discord. 
cause discord with work, with your boss. You need to not get involved in those conversations. They get discord with friends. If people are talking about others, they're talking about you. People who talk about others will talk about you. Sowing discord in the church. Oh, that's the, they, you have to be careful. Even if they do it in Jesus' name, you have to distance yourself from that, from those type of people. Do you know you can't give happiness to people? You can't give happiness to people. God wants to bring people to your life that are far more happier than you, far more blessed than you, far more anointed than you, that want to be a blessing to you, that want to pay for your meals, that want to invite the right people around you. Stop dabbling with old scornful people and thinking you're doing them a favor. They're tearing your life apart. You need to stop it and stop it now in Jesus' name. I think that's an amazing thought. I don't care if you don't even say nothing. But it's so important to watch what comes in. The scornful, they start ridiculing. They ridicule. God plants every one of us as believers into fertile soil. It's the kingdom of God. What we plant, how we take care of that soil, what we do with that, it's up to us. You can let the soil go dry, you can let the weeds come, or you can get there and till it up, and you can plant the seeds. He puts every one of us in fertile soil. What we do with that soil is truly up to us. I've heard people say, well, Joey, I never intended it to get this far. I never intended it. The way of the ungodly is a one-way street to hell. It'll cause hell on earth, and it'll send you there. If you don't realize you have a decision to make. Now consider as we close our time, which means nothing. No, I'm teasing. It, it really means something to Jennifer. The results of closing the time. The results of a choice. The choice to be a tree planted by streams of living water are to be husk, shucks, worthless. The choice to be a leaf that doesn't wither. The, church, the choice to be a person who lives in perpetual prosperity guaranteed by God. Have you ever noticed that prosperous people are happy people? You ever noticed that? Because they are a tree, something that God makes, planted, meaning the divine appointment, streams of living water, an endless supply that meets every need. God plants every person, like I said, in godly soil. And what you do with that soil is up to you. You know, it's, it's not weak or an emotional moment of what I'm talking about. It's not at all. It's not weak or emotional. This is more than sensation or just sentiment. Jesus Christ is the real thing. He's the real thing. Some of you have been introduced to religion. Some of you have been introduced to church. But I'm telling you, Jesus is the real thing. Can I tell you what's emotional? What is emotional? To live life without hope to live life without God, to live life without love, to live life without joy, to live life without peace, to live life with having the bad people around you and drainers around you, people that suck your joy around you. That's emotional. What's emotional? To watch a life come unraveled because they've made the wrong decision. Oh, it's emotional, all right. Can I take you to an emotional moment? The Bible mentioned this emotional moment because this is the moment that's real emotional. The scriptures say there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Oh, it's emotional, all right, because it's judgment day. 
I want you to see the crowds of humanity gather on this day. This is the day above all other days. All humanity is there. The kings, the priests, the ministers, the pauper, the poor, the president, the, the, those dictators, all are there from the time of Adam all the way to the last child that's born. Can you see that day coming? God Almighty sitting on this throne. This throne, this radiant light of God permeates that universe because it's coming off the throne. The body that says looks like a diamond. Ezekiel says, Isaiah chapter 6 say, the angels are on one side, are cherubims and seraphims, and they're saying he's holy. He's holy. Why? Because that which is on the throne is the God of the universe. And the God of the universe is going to call it. And he's making a judgment. There's no lawyers there. There's no bribes to be had. There's no appeal courts there. There's no federal judges making it up as they go. God is having the last word. And the scriptures say, as Jennifer had her revelation as a little girl, I'll back it up with scripture. Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. And he takes two sets of books. The first book is the books, plural, of life. Multiple books. And those names that are in those books come with information. Every thought, every word, every lie, everything that's been said, every act that's been done from the time of birth to the closure of life, those books, plural, are opened. And if your name is found in that book, Every word, every thought, every action, everything you said, and everything you've done will be held against you on this day of judgment. Those are the books. Then there's another book. Both of them are called life. One is books, one is singular, a book. And in the book of life, singular, there's also names. It's Gino's name. Jennifer's name. It's Joey's name. It's Tanya's name. It's Kate's name. It's Brenda's name. The only thing that comes with that name, they were like a tree planted by rivers of living water. They're saved because they receive the Lord. Enter in to the joy of salvation. Saved by the blood of the Lamb saved by making the right decision. You see, your choices of today will be your realities you walk in tomorrow. And today is the day you make the choice. You can choose to be happy or you can choose to be something that embeds the city's problem, a mentality that lives less than, a mentality that lives in fear, live in a society that plays religious games, goes from church to church, religious situations from religious situations, bad relationship to bad relationship, bad situation from bad situation, or you can finally make a decision to be a tree and plant yourself in the things of God and let God bear fruit in your life in his season. You receive that word today? I know that you do. I want you to remain seating.
or remain sitting, I guess that's the right term, remain sitting down for just a moment as the worship team comes and we close our time this morning. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, there's a day coming for all believers, all believers and all unbelievers. It's called a day of judgment. And I believe, and I've said it before, what we do here determines what we will do there. Anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord, the scriptures say, will be saved. Blessed is the man to be congratulated as the woman, to be congratulated as the family that chooses God. They make that choice. You make that choice today to plant yourself by a stream of living water or to walk or stand or sit in the places that you were never designed to go. David opens up Psalms 1. Next Sunday is Psalms 2. David opens up Psalms 1 with blessed is the man to be congratulated as the woman that chooses life. It was Jesus who, on his first sermon, said, Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are they that hunger and mourn for righteousness. Blessed, blessed, blessed. It's heaven's passion that you and I be happy. But you must make that choice, and you must make it today. To be a tree or to live your life scattered because you've made the wrong choice.